Hello and welcome everyone to Current Events, the podcast about what two randos on the internet are watching on television. I'm Jake McMillan and joining me this week is my good friend Mike Slocum. Say hi Mike. Hey everybody. And I lied, we're not talking about television this week. (laughs) We're talking about science fiction novels that are important to us, ranked by the definitive top 10 bureau in Washington, D.C. <laughs> the absolute, <laughs> yes, complete, yeah. non-controvertible, non, 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 non-controvertible, uncontrovertible, uh, untro- con- uncontrovertible <laughs> source. Blazing new trails in the English language. Yeah. Um, yeah, so essentially what we did was we uh, wrote down a list of the novels and how important they are to us. We submitted them to the Bureau in Washington, D.C. There was a little bit of red tape. We had to get a couple things filled out. I had to go to Iceland for some reason, and uh, and uh, now we're done, and, and we got back the list as they approved it. Yes. And so what we're going to do is we're going to start at number 10, uh, we have a very flexible rule on honorable mentions, it turns out. <laughs> uh, thank you to the Bureau for that. And um, uh, if essentially, if, uh, if someone mentions a book that is higher up on the other person's list, we just wait to talk about it until... Um, you know, we hit that, that place on the list. Otherwise, it's just uh, a free-for-all. Yes. Okay. Yep. And it certainly is a free for all. Yes. <laughs> and I'm of course gonna I'm gonna of course do my thing, which is you know complete go complete renegade here, <laughs> and instead of top instead because there were just too many. Oh yeah. Just too many to put in in some sort of ordering. So I'm going approximately chronological again from oh, okay. to newest. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Uh, for me, it was it was kind of like I ranked the impact that the book had on my life. Mm-hmm. Which was really difficult because you know, yeah. starting at like fifth grade, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. so that book was extremely important to me, but it may not be the greatest book ever written type thing, yes. right? But exactly, and mm-hmm. I have a couple of those on the list. So. Yeah, and I'll be honest, that is why I had to go to Iceland. There's an adjunct yeah. professor of science fiction out there I had to talk to. So, <laughs> I had to convince him. Uh, I had to convince <laughs> him that I had their order right and uh, get a little stamp, and I'm good to go. Okay, um, yeah, and, and your passport's all. I, I got to say that I was really, I had so much fun doing this because I haven't thought about a lot of these books in, oh, yeah. in years, right? Yep. Um, and, but uh, going back in time, in my mind, remembering the impact that they had and what it was like to discover those worlds, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Yep, yep, yes. Uh, and yeah, but I didn't go back and read them all because there's no. That would take a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah taking way more than a week. Yes. And there are some uh, I gotta say where I have to where I I, I I throw in a series instead of just one of the books. Um, oh, that's a good idea. That that's good thinking. As a matter of fact, right. actually, I did the same thing on one in one yeah. case. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're, so. I think we're good there. I think I have. I must have several series here. Anyway, so yeah. um, sh- you get to go first this time. Oh, good. Okay. So number ten for me is uh, the Diamond Age. Mm, never even heard of it. Yeah, so that you you've heard of uh, Snow Crash, right? Uh, vaguely, I yeah. Okay, Neil Stevenson. So probably right after William Gibson, Neil Stevenson mm. ah, was yes. for a while the uh, you know like premier cyberpunk author. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, he wrote a slim volume called The Diamond Age, and it's basically it was the first post-scarcity book I had ever read. Ah. And so essentially, this is a world where matter compilers exist, 
I guess what we call 3D printers today, or mm-hmm. it would be, you know, um, transporter technology for Star Trek, right? Yep. And so basically, you can have anything you want just by keying in the code and running a program, right? So the mm-hmm. only thing of any value is the programs. Yep. And um, it has caused a tremendous amount of problems in the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, you would think it would solve all the problems. Uh, Neil Stevenson was smart enough to realize, no, it's going to cause all these kind of problems, right? Yeah. And uh, it's it's a fascinating book, slightly flawed, but I, it was the first time I encountered the idea of post-scarcity, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it really blew my mind. Yep, yep, cool. Sounds good. Okay, my number 10, or, you know, oldest, is a Heinlein book, <laughs> The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Oh, you know, I know a lot of people who love that book. It's, it's mm-hmm. considered to be like a, like it's like a favorite, like Atlas Shrugged among the um, libertarian class, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was one of the, f- it, it's not necessarily a very good book. I mean, you know, there's, it's, but at the time when I was, you know, in my youth, um, uh, it, it really, it exposed a whole bunch of ideas that mm-hmm. I just had never thought about, you know, like moon colonies and independence and AIs um, mm-hmm. and all of those things. It was that seed that it set basically pushed me on the path to computer science many years later. Oh, um, interesting. To, yeah. To, I've, I, am, I grew up a massive Heinlein fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, in the Asimov versus Heinlein world, I was solidly Heinlein. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and my dad was Asimov. So we had mm-hmm. a, a constant running gunfight about that. But anyway, <laughs> um, there is only one book I have been unable to read by Heinlein, and it's The Moon is Arsh, Mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah. It is. It was like I say. It's not. It's not a really a great book. Yeah. But that's it, but everyone who talks about it talks about its ideas, not about how yes. well written it is. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have always had a problem because you know it, it opens with the weird old uh, genius guy and billionaire or whatever, and I was just like, by the time I got around to reading it, I was done with that trope. You know. Yeah. So yep. yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, that yeah, this is because I was so young. It was one of the early early science fictions that right. I read. Yeah, and it so, was it was interesting to me because I did read everything I could get Heinlein that I, I could get my hands on that that uh, was by Heinlein uh, when I was young, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But that book was not in my dad's library. Oh, and okay. he, I, I know that he's a staunch anti-libertarian, so he may have uh, thought of it as no. dangerous material. And yes, yes, right. No, we're not letting that yeah. crap in his house. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was definitely. But just the the whole concept of bombard, you know, throwing rocks at the earth. Yes, well, it's like. Yeah. Wow. What a. What a. a just. I, it blew my mind. It's like, yeah. oh my God! You know, yeah. we are completely at the mercy of anybody yeah. who has the high ground. It, you um, know, it 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 always it yeah it really it impressed me because it was like, you know, I was I had these friends and they actually created an online, um, MMO or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, multiplayer online game mm-hmm. back in like the nineties. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, very primitive graphics and all this kind of stuff, and they had quite a few players. Uh, but like one of the things that they had to do was 
um, they had to put a speed limit on objects because if you wanted to destroy somebody's planet, all you had to do was accelerate an asteroid to a high enough speed and drop it in, and then boom, game yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, know? I know. I just like yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, of course, that that's why I I've never understood the need for you know like uh, the Death Star. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You, all you need is a rocket pack and a guidance package, and you're done. <laughs> yes, right. And, and a big and a couple of big rocks. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Which no. is which is which is covered in another uh, book, set of another book uh, that I will talk about later. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number nine for me is Rendezvous with Rama. <gasps> me too. <laughs> it's also number nine. Uh, number nine. <laughs> Unbelievable! What are the odds? odds. I mean, the, the literal infinite number of books. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you what did you love about it? Oh, it just the, I mean, alien craft swinging through, you know, our solar system, and, and we, you know, we being much more primitive, have to go figure out how to get to it, and figure yeah. out why it was coming, and yeah. what it was, you know, what what the whole, you know, what the whole deal was, and it just. It seems to me is that if there's, you know, it's like when when they had that asteroid that came, you know, that extrasolar yes. asteroid that yeah. came through a while ago, and everybody thought, "Ooh, it's Rama," yeah. you know, it's like yeah. it rein, reinvigorated that that whole concept. But yeah. what an interesting idea about our first contact, you know, is our first contact is with a relic that comes streaming through our solar system as opposed to with real aliens. Um, oh yeah, well, the, but the greatest thing about it was they weren't even coming here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's like the Earth-centric view is, the, and they're just passing through. You they're know? just using us as a slingshot, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was the thing for me too. Was was it was one of these great mysteries? You know, mm -hmm. it, it almost reminded me of um, a uh, Michael. Uh, Crichton? Crichton novel, right? Yeah. Uh, except better written. And, yeah. um, you know, in that you you just have this mystery, and it's incredibly technical and complex, and somebody has to work it out over a period of time. And yeah. I just thought it was so interesting uh, how much thought. Was it Larry Niven, right, who wrote this? No, it was Clark. Oh, that was Arthur C. Clark. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, got, I always get that confused with Ringworld, which is a very yeah. similar book. Yeah. Um, Yes, yes. So yeah, that was that was a wonderful book. And it was also an interesting time because I had just arrived in Italy. I'd just been deployed with uh, the military and and we were living in this little hotel off the coast and uh, you know, I had a lot of free time because I was being in processed in the base and so I just would just lay around reading this book all the time and just really yep. enjoyed it. Yeah, yes, it was it was fantastic. And again, what an influencing book. It was like this is one of the books that's like wow. There, there are other ways to think about aliens than you know mm -hmm. than you know invaders, in and yeah. invaders, or you know, um, you know, hidden planet kind of thing, or you know, invasion from planet nine. All yeah. of those, you know, old old tropes about you know aliens coming to either uh, eat us or enslave us mm -hmm. or steal our resources or. or to help us, you know, it's yeah. like this was completely different. It's like we don't even care about you. It's like yeah, we're we just, are so insignificant. Yeah, and I think one of the things I loved about it was just how much thought Arthur C. Clarke put into it. Yeah, you know, so it was like everything that he put in, if I remember correctly, everything that mm -hmm. he put in that book 
um, solved a problem that you would need to deal with, yes. right? And and it was it was fascinating that he was able to do it. And and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just it's so well written. It moves very quickly. It's just like a long mystery that, that gradually gets solved. You know. Yeah, and that's really I mean that's what makes a good science fiction for me is that it's the science fiction is a supporting character. It's not necessarily the thing that you're right. dealing with. Right. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, there were lots of good Clark Clark books, but I had to, I just decided I'd try and pick, you know, just yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he was, yeah, he was really interesting. He was like halfway between Heinlein and uh, Asimov, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I never, like, one of the ones that everybody loved when I was a kid was... Uh, um, childhood's end yeah but it to me it was kind of a story that didn't go anywhere yeah and and also i didn't feel like it was i mean it was sort of it you know it was much looser science fiction yes um for me than than like you know it was it was less hard science fiction i guess Um, uh okay number eight for me is hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Oh yeah, what a great book! Yeah, um, not on my list. Not I on it. your list. Wow. No, it's okay. just I mean there were so many that okay. yeah, just you know I mean yeah. I was trying to find I was trying to think of the ones that really had an impact. That love that was fun. It was great. Yes. I didn't really consider it too much science fiction though. I mean it clearly was, but you yeah, know, just uh, yeah. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's more uh, it's more a philosophical yeah novel it's, than it is a science fiction novel, and and all of the science fiction just stands in for. Uh, mm-hmm. His philosophical ranting, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it. It to me. Uh, it it had a really big impact because I read it. Uh, I actually read, I think, all three of the the of the first mm-hmm. three books, um, in the hotel next door to the hospital while waiting for my first daughter to be born. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got flown up to Germany from Italy. Uh, to have our uh, have babies at Wiesbaden. Oh, because and, well, because Italy didn't have hospitals or what? <laughs> um, they had they, they at the time back in the eighties. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, their their hospitals were not really great, especially not where we were in the south, right? Oh, yeah. And so they had Wiesbaden, which was you know the place where they brought you know the hostages back from Iran and you know it's like so you had this massive hospital complex there anyway so if you're going to put somebody on a plane just take them there right yeah so everybody we had all babies were born uh, there wow yeah so I was in this hotel and and uh you know Monty was having trouble getting started (laughs) Uh so which was awesome for me because it was basically free time off Yep. And I would spend the days uh, in beer gardens, and I toted that book around everywhere I went, and I read, you know, all three of them. Wow. And yep. it was the funniest. It was probably the 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 new the the first thing since Monty Python that made me laugh that hard in that oh, way. Yeah. Right. Yep. That that yep. You know, seemed to really kind of click. But yeah. Cool. What's, what's your number eight? Number eight. You mentioned it. Ringworld, the, or the ah, Ringworld yes, sequence by yes, Niven. Um, yes. I just again one of those fantastic concepts that just really turned my um, my mind around about mm-hmm. you know this this 
fantastic capability of you know aliens you know but it was a mystery again yes. but this fantastic capability of aliens to build this thing that is so fantastic um and so you know just yeah just unimaginably you know complex who yes. who could these people be that could you know do this kind of thing and you know it's one of those next level whatever those you know level of civilization mm -hmm. um uh, uh can't remember are. what they're called, but yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. They're they're you a know, step like, up from us, definitely. Yes. Yeah, we're a level three yeah. or four, and that's a level yeah. the next level up. You know, can harness the power of a whole a sun. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just what a concept and what a great idea. You know, it's like build this thing. Suddenly, space or you know, real estate is suddenly not an issue. Right. Um. And all of the weird things that go, you know, that would have to have to go along to deal with it and everything. It was just and a great book. Plus, it was it was fun and you know yes. weird, you know, three legged creatures with the um, with two eye stalks that were also mouths. And it was just like yes. weird. It's just like the, yeah, um, yeah. That yeah. was that was Larry Niven. Um, yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, I do. Do you remember what killed the the people who lived on Ringworld? I, there was I don't remember yeah. there was I, it was they were just gone and there were like survivors there were other people who lived there um, uh, but it I don't I don't recall mm. what yeah. the you know, what the outcome was I think that was one of the mysteries is where'd they go yeah um, and it it may be that they just devolved you know they mm -hmm. they they just lost their science after a while because they were you know obviously an ancient Ancient spacefaring oh, space. That's right. They forgot that they were yeah. on a ring. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I I did. I did. I loved that that book. And uh, uh, again, I read it around the same time I read uh, uh, Rendezvous with with mm -hmm. Rama. Yep. And they are kind of similar in that way. Yeah. Uh, although Niven's book is less scientific and more. Uh, Pulpy, action. you know, yeah, yeah pulpy, yeah. actiony, adventurey yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um, so actually, technically, more fun, whereas yes. Rama was more interesting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, number seven for me is a book I doubt you've heard of. <laughs> I for a while I was a uh, an evangelist, evangelicalist, whatever. Uh, I evangelized for this book everywhere I went. Mm -hmm. I just, and I probably sold this guy probably a hundred copies, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, it's called Jennifer Government. Hmm. Never heard, yep, never it, heard of it. Yeah, it, it's a fascinating book um, in uh, near future Earth where mm -hmm. uh, you have total corporate dominance. Even the government is technically a corporation. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And everyone who works for the corporation changes their last name to the name of the corporation. So if you go to work for Nike, you become, you know, Stephen Nike. Right? Oh, wow. And so the like the, the punkiest kind of most backward corporation, the one that's most underfunded, is the government. And it's a story about <laughs> this guy, I mean, this girl who works for, for the government, Jennifer Government. And it also turns out, I think it is Nike, but um, it's a shoe brand, and it's a guy who, uh, he orchestrates a shooting at a store so that someone is killed for the shoes in order to increase... Uh, the value of the shoes street no, cred, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he's, you know, he's an, he's a, a marketing guy and he, you know, and so um, 
this thing it 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 jumps to absurd levels towards the end where it literally launches a corporate war where there's <laughs> tanks and jets and stuff are fighting and they're all trying to you know to to hand to to deal with this this problem this guy created and it's it's absolutely fascinating the mind of the guy who wrote it max bari um he's written a bunch of other books there and they're all exactly that creative they're just so different and wonderful mm-hmm. so i just picked yep. that one yes yes what's your seven um the robot series by asimov <laughs> um so i just i just really love those it yeah. was just again you know a whole a whole new concept for me you know the whole ai thing and robots and you know, having to have laws and why they don't work and, you know, why mm-hmm. they lead to, you know, um, mental conflicts and, and inconsistencies and just the whole idea of, as well as, you know, making it a murder mystery. Um, uh, but the whole, the whole idea of, you know, the robot, you know, intelligent, you know, intelligent robots wandering around and being bound by laws and, um, how that whole how that affects people and how people abuse it and just the whole the whole lesser you know um, the, the second class citizen kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it was uh, for me. It was again because you know when I was younger, um, not not as young as the other ones, but uh, it just really had a, a sort of a, a transformative effect on the way that I thought about the world and you know yeah. those kind of topics. Yeah, he also had a book uh, of short stories called, I think called, or was that iRobot? That was the I, book of short stories was called iRobot. I think I that Robot. was iRobot, yeah. And one of them was, yes, I remember reading that. And that really uh, kind of spun my head around, too, yeah, I now that I'm, I'm remembering it. Because um, we, you know you had you never really thought you know in the 1960s growing up as a kid everything was extremely manual right oh, yeah uh, every factory was basically just a bunch of men you know who were working mm-hmm. on a line doing you know and the kind of yep. stuff that is all done by robots today you know yeah and so it was it was really mind opening i did love that is one of the books as a matter of fact that i used to keep inside another book Mm. Uh, so that I could read it in class while I was supposed to be looking at geometry or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we never did stuff like that. Yeah. No. Uh, okay, my number six is A Clockwork Orange. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That was a good one. Not on my list, but yeah. yeah. I, I figured out as I was going through my list, I figured out that, that the impact that these books had on me was to change what I th- I understood could be done with literature, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And and of course, what he did with language in that book, uh, Burgess, mm-hmm. is was entirely new. <laughs> I mean, he yes. literally created a new language for it. You yeah, know? Um, yeah. And uh, the concept of ultra violence was uh, a little terrifying for me. I, mm-hmm. I remember. Um, you know, I, I had read a lot of books about the dystopian, like the post-apocalyptic kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and it it always kind of uh, worried me. It was like the base metal of man is is a corrupt metal, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. so when you don't have society to shine it up, 
it's pretty ugly, you know. Yes. Type thing. Well, and and you know, it, you can look look through history and find really great examples of right. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is interesting to me that I most of, uh, as a matter of fact, all of the post-apocalyptic books that I read up until the mid '70s, probably, were all about post-nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Nowadays, post-apocalyptic novels are more popular than I they ever were when I was growing up, and mm-hmm. they're often just about the collapse of society. Yeah. And yep. I think that that really shows a remarkable lack of faith in humanity. Right. Yeah. Yep. There's no optimism there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, and from various, I mean, there's lots of you know, there's still the. The nuclear holocaust ones but mm-hmm. now it's really dominated by um uh bio you know bioterrorism mm-hmm. bio accidents or um because there were some great books by uh I, I think there was a book great book by niven about you know asteroid impact you know mm-hmm. and how that like completely takes out the you know the world infrastructure and stuff um uh and you know those those more tangible things you know nuclear Holocaust, asteroid impact, um, uh, are we're sort of external threats. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know now it's this you know we we get taken down by a virus or zombies or zombies. Yeah. I, I consider zombies just another one of the bio. Yeah, but bio those, you know those are still external threats. The ones that well, yeah. that really bother me are is the the, the plethora of books. Um, that are about a, you know society having just basically failed, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so you you have the ultra rich and you have the ultra suffering, right? Type mm-hmm. thing, right? That's yep. that is something that you never would have seen in the 1960s and 1970s because we had a fairly well distributed society at that time. Yes. Now people are looking at society like, well, this is kind of a scam. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and it was yeah. Well, and and they weren't back then. They weren't. It, it, we were still very parochial. Yes, in the U.S., we had you know a relatively stable you know balanced society, but around the world there was still huge poverty and slavery and mm-hmm. you know all these other things where you know the things that we took for granted here did not actually exist. But we didn't think about those. Mm-hmm. Those were you know those were other people's problems. Um, you know, so yeah, um, but interesting, very cool. Yeah, what's yours? What's your number? Uh, six, six, six. six. Yes. <laughs> anyway, okay. Another Asimov series, the Foundation series. Uh, I have that. Oh, okay. Oh wait. No, I guess I bumped it. I must bumped. have deleted. Okay, yeah. Talk about it. <laughs> oh, so yeah, again, it was just like the robot series, but a whole, you know, mm-hmm. the the galactic that. The, the so far in the future that um, you know Earth is a is a is just a historical mystery and everything that people try and discover the past by mining information mm-hmm. and you know the you know the galactic um, you know sort of galactic uh, repository of, of information and having to, having to actually create secret foundations to, to to keep that information around and preserve it so that it doesn't get um, manipulated and and changed by the current you know the 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 who's ever currently in power um, and the the forces trying to uh, subvert that to you know get their own message out and stuff so it was just um, 
uh, just again a, myst a, a great mystery, but about something that just uh, a galaxy-spanning society that has lost its history, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and you know trying to trying to discover that and 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 refind it. Um, and you know, what a great what a great uh, commentary on even our time then, but even more so, you know, mm -hmm. more so now. But you know, back then it was like, well, you know, everything, it, there will be libraries of stuff that get yeah. lost. But now it's like everything is digital and the the potential for abuse and, you know, rewriting history is just, um, you know, it's scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny too because it's one of the things I love about when I think about these old books that that we read, you know, the the Heinleins, mm -hmm. the Asimovs, and everything is the fact that they are pre digital computers, right? Yeah. And so there's like there's a scene in Starman Jones where they're using slide rules to calculate their jump into space. <laughs> oh yes. yes. <laughs> and it's the same thing with uh, with Foundation, right? You know, the mm -hmm. the founder has worked out all this incredible math. Right. Yes. And but it, there's not there's no computer in, involved. You know, it's it's yes. it's it's his equations and all this sort of stuff. You know, it's yes. so it's yep. it, yeah, much more interesting. And, I, and the whole the whole idea of being able to sort of predict human nature, you know, by right. mathematical equations and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was all. Yeah, that was um, that was the first time I think I ever really impressed my dad was um, that he I was reading books off of his shelf and of course he had a whole bunch that he'd had from when he was a kid they were the Heinleins mm -hmm. and those kind of things the the juveniles you know like yep and uh and he says and I said what are these because they had really cool covers and he was like yeah. well these are more grown-up books this is this is mm -hmm. the foundation series and so I read those and he was he was impressed <laughs> it's yeah. like yep. I was in like fifth grade <laughs> yeah exactly and what what impressed me even more was eventually he managed to merge those my, those two series together um, the robot series and the foundation series mm -hmm. um, is that they you know secretly underlying one was the other mm -hmm. and it was just that was that I just found that to be really cool yeah um, yeah that, that that was a feat that was that yes. was one of the first major serious works in science fiction. Yeah, you know yep. when you're in that time in the '60s, uh, people, the general attitude towards science fiction was that it was just trash pulp fiction. Yeah, and you and, know, yeah. aliens and spaceships, right. and Buck Rogers. And, and I've read some of the old stuff that's really more from the '40s, mm -hmm. right? That where that stuff was pulp, and it really is pulp. I mean, it's yeah. just junk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, so, um, uh, yeah. So number five. five for me is a boy and his dog. Oh, an interesting book. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I you know, I've never read it. Uh, it's it is uh, if you've seen the movie, mm -hmm. uh, you're pretty close. Oh, okay. But um, it it is uh, it to, to me it was I had read a few post-apocalyptic books like Alaska Babylon and uh, mm -hmm. on the beach yep. and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, they were all very sort of doom doomish and and you know uh serious and everything and uh this was more of this was an adventure right mm -hmm. yep and the people who lived in the apocalyptic world lived in it mm -hmm. right so they weren't fighting to re to get back to civilization this was their world yeah and yep. it was fascinating to me and of course it was one of the first anti-heroes i'd ever encountered mm-hmm um, yeah, so it, it broke a lot of ground for me that 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 book, and it, it is one that I truly love. Cool, cool. Yeah, what about you? Uh, 
Okay, um, so now I'm, I'm transitioning into more modern, more modern uh, literature, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this author. His name is Douglas Richards, and he has some very interesting near-future books, um, but the one that I picked uh, as an example was called Split Second, and it is basically the premise is, what if you could go back in time, but not years or months or days or hours, but only a fraction of a second. Okay. They figured out a way to manipulate quantum mechanics so that you could slip back like, you know, a quarter of a second. Okay. What impact would that have on society? And it turns out that he just took this one simple concept of, you know, just a fraction of a second to be able to go back in time and turned it into a, I mean, just, it was mind-blowing. I, I can't remember all of the things that it implied, but it just opened up all these possibilities. Like, what happens when you go back in time a split second and you're suddenly, you know, a split second behind yourself? Mm -hmm. um, you know, does it, does it create a, a, you know, a quantum clone of you? Uh, you know, what, and all of the possibilities there of, of you know, dealing with, and, th and then do your futures fork? And can they go off and do, you know, can you, can you affect, how can you affect the, the actions of your, you know, quarter of a second in the future person? And it gets weaponized and just, uh, it's, they try and, you know, the, I think part of the plot was around trying to go and take out uh, Kim Jong-un mm. using this technology. But it was just, it was just fascinating that, that he took this one, you know, simple idea, and this he does this with a bunch of different things, like, you know, what if you could hook up the internet? Someone, someone figured out a way to hook the internet literally into your brain, mm -hmm. so you didn't need any other devices. You could just, you know, think a URL and you get the information back, mm -hmm. um, or you know, and submit forms or whatever. Um, he just he just comes up with these really weird scenarios, and it was just it was really well done, um, and the whole the whole concept of this, you know, one one thing. So yeah, it was um, so uh, the a lot of I've really started enjoying sort of near future, um, uh, you know, changes where it's just like you know, things are just a little different. What does that mean? Um, you know, what does it mean to society? What does it mean to mm -hmm. science? All those things. So, yes, I would highly recommend if you, Douglas Richards, if you get a chance to okay. pull some of his books off of uh, Amazon or something. Okay. Um, number four number for four. me was one of the first books I ever read uh, that mm. would be considered, you know, not, uh, you know, um, C. Dick run and all that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. right? Uh, and that was Starship Troopers. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, so this is one What of, a great campy, campy, uh, campy, uh, um, uh, well, a movie. Concept. Yeah, yeah well, the movie. the movie is campy. The book is, yeah. is, well, first of all, it is one of Heinlein's juveniles, right? So yes. it yep. was a YA novel, and I was a young mm -hmm. adult at the time, so it was perfect. And all of these novels, uh, you know, from him, I loved because they were about a boy who leaves home and goes on an adventure. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like it's like the um, have spacesuit will travel, or mm -hmm. um, you know, all of those right. those kind of books. Yeah, yeah exactly. Starman Jones, you know, yep. he's uh, running away from something. I can't remember what it was, and I remember yep. that they they raised his his uh, hairline to make him look old enough to join the military and yeah. all this kind of stuff. You know, 
and, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, so Starship Troopers was the first one, and it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, too young to even read, my mom used to read to me, obviously, like I guess mm-hmm. everyone's parents do. Yeah. And But the book that they used to read to me most often over and over and over again was Treasure Island. Uh-huh. Right, so yep. that again—that's a boy who's, uh, or it may have been kidnapped. I can't remember. It's probably both, yeah. but yeah. But you know, it's a boy going away on an adventure. You know, and it just kind of lights you up because that's mm-hmm. you know that's what you. That's you. Yeah, and and then besides that, you know, the science that he had put in there for you know the 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 Starship Trooper, the the jumpsuits and all that kind of stuff was just fascinating to me. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep. Yes cool you're number four number four so i'm gonna um now one of my now i'm going to go on a, on a binge of my one of my favorite authors which is john scalzi oh and, good yeah i've got some of his on here <laughs> and the, the book that uh this fills this slot is red shirts yeah i got okay um, red shirts is in my honorable mention so go ahead and talk okay. about it <laughs> okay oh i just love that it's like what a concept you know yeah. it's like okay star trek is real but these are the these are the guys who get stuck <laughs> and it's the b team here yeah. um and oh yes but you know they're, they're real life and then they come to sort of realize like is this really are we in somebody else's yeah. book is this just what a great concept and oh hilarious out the wazoo i just it yeah, just very funny i my favorite bit was the microwave that you you whenever they had a problem you'd turn the knob and it would work until the third act and then it would go ding and it would pop out the solution <laughs> it was yes. just this black box <laughs> yeah so fun yes. Yeah, I actually was, uh, I had, I was try- trying to pick, I mean, I've, I've, several of, of his books could have been on my list, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of Old Man's War, uh, yep. which I, I know is his, like, his central property, but, yeah. uh, like, more of his offshoot books, like Red mm-hmm. Shirts, and uh, the one about uh, the Agent to the Stars, I think. Agent to the Stars, I, I love, love that book. That it wasn't really science fiction, but yeah, it was yeah. Well, it had aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. aliens. <laughs> that yeah. qualifies. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, so... Yes, absolutely. That that stuff is just uh, just so much fun to read. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Red shirts is my um, is my Galaxy Quest equivalent in yes. book, yeah, book ex- form. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, well, what's your number three? The number oh, three okay. uh, was Snow Crash. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for like one of the things that sort of hit me from time to time when I'm reading is, you know, every everything feels derivative. Right, mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to get into the next book because, well, I mean, I've kind of read this already, right? You know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and 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 science fiction really got bogged down and for a while, and I just really kind of lost interest. And then I found, uh, actually, it was Neuromancer, which is above the list on this, but yep. Snow Crash was the most entertaining. Uh, book of that genre, the cyberpunk genre, mm-hmm. that I, I I have ever come across. I mean, it's yep. essentially it's almost you know swords and sorcery, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. It's just yeah. when he and when he opened it with you know the guy's name is is uh, what's what is his name? It's something hero, I, right? It's, it's I don't I hero don't, pro I, hero protagonist. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> just I just thought, oh, this is going to be good, you know, yep. and uh, yeah, so I just absolutely loved it. One of my favorite cyberpunk novels. 
cool. Yeah. You know, I just, I never, for some reason, I could never get into the cyberpunk. I just, oh. you know, yeah. other than the matrixy kind of things. It was yeah. just, it just never, I, for some reason, I, I, I must have started it and, and had a bad, bad, you know, got distracted or something. But well, I, I, got, I tried and I tried to start with uh, Neuroman. Neuro, yeah. Neuromancer, Neuromancer, yes. And so, it just, I did, it was, that was, it was a slog too much at the time. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah. uh, I got into cyberpunk um, at the time that I was getting into computers and software oh, development, yeah. right? And so I was, had only been in it for three or four years and there was still magic and things were changing so quickly mm-hmm. that it was easy to believe in a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Once you've been in you know the bits for 10 years then cyberpunk starts to feel a little like really you know is that really what yeah. how that's going to work you know that kind of yeah. stuff right yep. and so yeah so it would just sort of hit me at the right time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think i tried to read it later in my career mm-hmm. when it was like i'd already been doing this for 10 or 20 years and yeah. i was like no just, I, I don't i don't buy it yeah uh, what's anyway. your three three another scalzy book um another near future called lock-in Interesting. That's the one Scalzi book I don't like. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. I I I don't know why. I I remember because I had I was on a run and I was reading mm-hmm. his books one after another and Lock In came out and I was so excited and I read it and I put it down and I thought I feel like this was a first draft. Oh, hmm. interesting. interesting, right? Yeah. But yeah, but it, this is a very popular book and it's now a series. Oh really? Yeah, there's oh. there's more books coming out in the lock-in oh. world, and so I'm just I've always been like, why did that not click with me? You yeah. know, and it, for me it was just uh, maybe it was timing or something, but mm-hmm. just the whole again the whole concept of yeah you know every, the virus comes out does you know one percent of the population or half a percent or whatever mm-hmm. gets locked in and what what are the implications there? And then the the ability of the people of the lock-in people to then uh, inhabit somebody else's body. Oh man, that was yeah. creepy. That was just it, like, and all the ramifications of that. So, so good. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I could see how maybe, you know, you couldn't get into it, but yeah, it was, again, it was one of those, uh, it just struck me as, wow, what a, what an interesting twist on near future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe I should go back and reread it because again, he's one of my favorite authors. It's a very popular series or very popular book. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, it didn't click with me and you know and that can be something very very subjective uh but yeah so for instance you know uh i could have been in a bad mood <laughs> right just like and when i'm in a bad mood and or you know i'll go through like a period especially like in winter when it's gray i'll sort of lose all mm-hmm. the sort of mental energy and i just shut down and and you can't get into my brain as easily as you can other times right yep. so yeah, maybe, maybe it could be when you're again. working at that company that just had no clue about what it was doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I got Hewlett Packard. Yes. yes. Yeah, my God. <laughs> yeah, it could have been like maybe you tried to read this while you were in the throes of yeah, an HP. I, I look uh, at it reorg. now and I think I may have been like in a 10-year depression, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I hear that. Um, uh, okay. Number two. My number two is Neuromancer. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And again, I've already kind of said what I was going to say about that, that it kind of shook everything up. But I will say that Gibson's writing is incredibly dense. Yes. So yes, that was another problem I yeah, had. Yeah. So it, it can be difficult. I tried to do audiobooks with him. 
mm-hmm. and you really can't. You need to see the words on the page because the sentence structure is so complex. Yeah. You know, that and his metaphor metaphorical use is just through the roof and so you really have to go back and go, you know, no, it wasn't a real umbrella, it was a hook, you know, it was something because yeah. he'll just go with it, right? Yep. So yeah. yeah, but that particular book, that was my entree into cyberpunk and that was the thing that got me interested in science fiction again after I basically had switched over to horror for uh-huh. like about five, six years. Okay, go ahead. What's your number two? Number two, the last of my Scalzi's, and this is this was a a fun series. It wasn't so much a you know mind blowing um, thing. It's it's his latest work. It's called the Interdependency um, series. Right. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard about that. Um, the last the latest one is the 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 last Improx. Improx. Yes. yes. And so those are good. I haven't even tried them. Are those good? Oh yeah, they're they're good. I really enjoyed them. Um, they move a lot. They've got his classic humor. Um, you know, just irreverent sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, spaceship commanders and you know, really funky names. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, very much sort of in the uh, the Elon Musk-esque, uh, you know, naming his boats like, oh, of course I still love you, or read the fucking manual, or, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It's yeah. just like, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole universe that he builds up, and it's it's just a great story and, you know, very action-adventure-y, but... Um, uh, you know, predicting you know the the collapse of a of a particular society and what they what they have to do about it. So it was very fun, um, and uh, it's very current. And uh, I, you know, um, he just finished the last one, and he's it's there's only three of them, and he was he was very good about this. He said, "Look, there's going to be three books. That's all. There's not going to be any more. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me for more." There's not going to be any more. Just three. Deal with it. It ended. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, but who knows? The money, the money may be too good. But um, so anyway, I, I, I uh, definitely. Um, without, so I won't give away the plot. But oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I might like to give that a try. I, I think uh, I kind of switched away from um, uh, from Scalzi when uh, after lock in. I just just mm-hmm. didn't it didn't click with me. Um, okay, so. Uh, right. It's like what Douglas Adams said. He said um, that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a trilogy, but I haven't finished writing the fourth book yet. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Number one for me, me is, of course, Dune. Yes. Dune is oh, it's so good. Yes. I mean, I read that book when I was in eighth grade, shortly mm-hmm. after it came out. I think it came yes. out in 67 and I read it in 68 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read it because my dad had it. You know, yes. And so I stole it from him and I sat down and read it. And, and he was like, you're never going to get into this. This is, this is an incredibly dense, you know, folk bit of folklore, you know, it's yes. going to be hard. To, and I, I read it and it's the first book ever that I finished and then just turned back to page one. Yep. Oh, wow. It yes. is. Yeah. It's like the mythical, you know, for me, an eighth grade kid, this was my new mythos. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I, re- I remember this coming out. My best friend's mom read it on the beach or something. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, I, you know, who know, who's yeah, mom? So, you know, best friend's mom is a science fiction nut. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and she just then she handed it to me and said, "You should go read this." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yes, it was just a fantastic experience. You yeah. know, it was one of those books where I started reading it in the morning and 
I, I, you know, I laid in my bed and I read it and I read it and I skipped lunch, you know, mm-hmm. and I read it and I read it and I had to go eat dinner because I was starving. And I went back and I, you know, read it some more. And I just, and then I passed out and then, you know, got up and finished reading it. It's just one of those books where it, one of the only times it's like you couldn't put it down. Yeah. It was just, it was a. Now I have to read it again. Um, yes, I've probably read right before that book the twenty five times. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, I almost have it memorized, but I haven't read it in probably ten years. Yep. So I I definitely need need to do that again. Yes, and I am just really looking forward to the movie. And my daughter Haley uh is reading it. Oh wow. And yeah, and I was she I was like, Are you sure you want to do this? You know? And mm-hmm. she said, I feel like my nerd credit is incomplete. You know, oh, yes. it's like everybody I know is always talking about Dune and the movie's coming out and I don't want to be left behind. So I gave her <laughs> yeah. a sort of an overview, right? Mm-hmm. To So that, you know, because you know that's the problem with Dune, right? Is it's like it's information dense. And when you come in, if you don't have just like a general understanding of what's going on, it can be kind of difficult. Yeah, and that, they need a they need a they need a synopsis primer or you yeah know, exactly, the, and that's why they created that that terrible narrator in the first, in the David Lynch movie, oh, yeah. right? You know, oh, it's yeah. just people were not going to get what the hell was going on, right? Yeah, well, and that the problem with that one was is that it's like the, Dune is like a, a set of waves in the ocean, and they just to me it felt like they hit the peak of every wave. And you missed all the troughs, yes. which was all of the all of the important information. Yes. They just hit bounce, 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 right. bounce, 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 and you got this like scattered story of of you know why and what and it it, it what book, it reminded me of would be the actual an actual story of something mm-hmm. they're telling you at the time, right? Because nobody everybody knows the history, so yeah. nobody's telling you about the Butlerian Jihad. Right. Nobody's telling you that all that there is is just there's a rule because of something that happened that you can't have thinking machines. Yep. Right. That's it. And that's exactly how a story like that would unfold because Mm -hmm. everybody knows why. Right. Yeah. And it was just fascinating to me. And also was the first time I ever felt trusted by an author like that. Science Mm -hmm. fiction was famous for backstory. Yeah, you know, yeah. and this one, one was just like this is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yep. it was so good. Oh my god! Now I have to read it again. Yep. Okay. Yep. What was okay. your number one? My number one is another series, and this probably won't surprise you, but it's the series by C. A. Corey or S. A. C. A. Corey. Um, S. A. Corey. Uh, the Expanse. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yes, that is, is it. Two guys. And it's yeah, and it's still ongoing. Um, you know, they, they mm-hmm. the last book has yet to come out. And just the the rich the rich world um, uh, that it exposes, and the and for me, I really enjoy the political yeah the political drama, and the books bring it out. I mean, the movies do a, the TV show does a really good job of keeping faithful to the books for the most part, up until they had to get rid of one of their cast members. But um, did they get uh, rid of him yes, because of the sexual assault thing? Yes. Oh my yeah. God. But they did it in a really, really classy way. Um, so they didn't recast just, him, huh? No, no, they did not recast him. <laughs> he was um, he owned that role. He owned that role, and yeah. he he went out, he went out, um, oh, in the role. And grooming it was, teenagers, grooming yeah. teenagers. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah. What is wrong with the world? I know. But as uh, but anyway, but the but the books themselves even are they even go more. 
you know, into into everything. And it's just it's just so fascinating the you know where where we could be just just by having a a more uh, economical way to more quickly get around the solar system. Yeah. Um, and that's it. You know, that's sort of the premise and everything that le- that leads to that, that leads to, you know, mm-hmm. people living out in the belt and mining and, you know, pop and tr- trying to, um, uh, you know, colonize Mars and Earth's, you know, swamped by, uh, um, you know, climate change and, you know, and so many people that... They can't even give everybody jobs, so half the population is on basic, and it's just yeah. it's just um, the whole the whole political um, and but then but it's a very personal story um, about all the individuals, and it's told through their you know through their experiences. So it just uh, you know I it's just a as far as I'm concerned a tour de force in mm-hmm. in in writing a a series that sort of has relevance to our time but also is very just fun science fiction so. yeah and then they throw in a little bit of you know alien stuff in there just to make it yeah. interesting yeah. Um, yeah i did enjoy the first two seasons of the, of the series i just mm-hmm. can't get through the third so i'm, I'm ah, probably yeah. just gonna let it, I, because the political stuff just gets to be kind of mind-boggling and i'm just there's too much goddamn political stuff in my life anyway you know yes yes yeah. i um i i saw it as an escape from the existing political stuff so that's yeah, why i love that's it so funny much. That, that's a different yeah. yeah i guess i have too much empathy for that kind of stuff yes uh okay so uh any honorable mentions no, I just because I did so many series oh, in yeah. there, you know, it's like, nah. Yeah. Um, I have a couple. Okay. Uh, one on. is the Scalzi. Okay. I don't know if you've ever read it or not, but it's called The God Engines. Oh. I may have. I don't know. It really is so off brand for him. Mm. I it I honestly thought he somebody else wrote it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's that different. It's there's really no humor involved in it. Oh, it's really? A very intense story. Very, very clever. Very creative story. Yeah, uh, I recommend it. I I would you know, I would I would give it a try. I'm always looking for a good Scalzi book. Yeah, so. the God Engines. Very God good. Engines. It's also very short. Ah. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is uh, Ender's Shadow. Which one in the series so was that? That is the one about Bean. So it's a parallel novel. Oh, okay. Right? So it's not in the it's not in the Ender's Game. Ender's right. It's a parallel to the Ender. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, that one is I, to me, it's a far better book than Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also have two dishonorable mentions. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I really thought about this. <laughs> One is Fahrenheit 451. Oh, yeah. And and I'll tell you why. Because as much as everyone loves the idea of this book, reading it is a true chore. He really, really lost his mind with the writing on this one. And it is so flowery and so metaphorical that and so wanders so much that it's it's Mm -hmm. to me, it's hard to me even get through. Yep. Yes. Um, And the other one is Ender's Game. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, I know that you know this is a beloved book, but I just don't think it's that great. And and yeah. so I after reading like, you know, Speaker for the Dead and um Ender's Shadow and all these they're all far superior books. Mm-hmm. Right? I've always I've come back to the fact that that I really just don't think that Ender's Game is that great, you know. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Cool. We, we did it. 
we did it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot yeah. of fun. What are we doing next week? It's the oh, is it the top ten Bond gadgets top, or tech? I thought it was science fiction tech. Oh, that's what it was, science fiction tech. I, that's right. You're not really a Bond guy, so that would be kind of difficult. Oh no, I am a Bond guy. Oh, okay. I've seen yeah. I've seen them all, but okay, but uh, and some of them could be science fiction. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true, and uh, they should be allowed. Yes, they can be allowed. Okay, allow all right, cool. Guy. Well, this was a lot of fun, and uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And we will be back next week with the top ten science fiction gadgets or technologies. Yeah, whatever. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Again, I'm not going back to Iceland, so. No. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Bye.